Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us on localjobnetwork.com radio, and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad, where our hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment-related. I'm Tim Muma, and joining me in the quad today is Lynn Molitor. Hello. Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. And Ashley Fitzgerald. Hello. Now, as per usual, we do uh, have a full plate, a buffet of topics, really, really touching on the three stages of employment, current employees, some new hires, and also, unfortunately, termination. Professionally, of course, not personal. Uh, anyway, Lynn, you're going to start things <laughs> off. It's an intriguing problem that might arise in the workplace. So here's an, a situation that has actually happened to me in the past, but then um, I had a member of my family ask about this as well. So what should you or your teammates do if you suspect that someone isn't working their assigned hours? Um, should you do anything? Um, usually, I think coworkers have a sense that, you know, someone's work schedule may not be, you know, what is expected. But do you say anything or do you just ignore it? And then you just, everyone talk about it. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, it is being talked about, but. hmm. So are like they not in the office or are they working from home or what? Uh, It was a brand, in uh, in this particular example, it was a brand new person who started and she took an extended lunch hour. So. You know, especially everyone else, they saw her leave and and they saw her come back later and mm-hmm. they had already been been to lunch and back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the question was, well, does she know what the lunch hours are? Because you know, yeah. it's a brand new person. I uh, would probably just, you know, I would just circle back with them probably mm-hmm. directly, even if, as a manager or even maybe a coworker. I know Ashley and I are, are colleagues and. I would just say, hey, Ashley, just just to give you a heads up, like our lunches are 60 minutes, up to 60 minutes. I mean, you can take a a shorter one, obviously, but it's up to 60 minutes. Um, I noticed, you know, I'm not sure if you did or didn't, but I I thought you might have taken a longer one. So I just want to give you a heads up what the what it is and just leave it at that. Yeah, I think, um, you know, they didn't even know if she got like a special. Oh, that's you know. true. You never know if there was an exemption made for whatever reason. Right. Or- yeah. Oh, like maybe right, yeah. she has to work extra long or maybe yeah. she works late because her bus doesn't come. Yeah. Or- oh, I mean, yeah. you know, that's probably what I would do. I, I might scope it out for like a week or two. And if it is a consistent thing, you know, casually bring it up. I mean, Jacqueline kind of, you know, you don't want to dance around it too much, but you, you don't want to accuse them of anything. Like, like you said, Lynn, maybe they have some sort of exemption in some way. But, um, I, I you know, if it's a one time thing. I'd hate to jump on somebody for that, but you know, if you just kind of keep an eye on it and, and notice yeah. it, it's a pattern. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it's a yeah, oh, then, it I, is. then I think oh. maybe you know, maybe <laughs> and maybe you jot down. I mean, I, you know, I know we're all about documentation here and, and making sure that we're keeping track of what's going on, so it's not just a oh, I saw you do this or whatever. Maybe make a note and um, just cover yourself a little bit and also just have that evidence, so to speak, in case it were to, were to be an issue again. But uh, I, I'd always just err on the side of. Yeah, of caution. Maybe yeah. go to your manager if you're not a, yeah. a peer or if you're not a manager. See, I had, the, I was a manager and this happened to me and I had a couple of different people mention it, mm-hmm. you know, and again, they, you know, they weren't going to address it directly with their coworker. So they, you know, somewhat, you know, and I thought I had good relationships with my team. So they were comfortable coming to me. I And I think, um, from the manager's perspective, I was very sensitive to keep them 
out of it, mm-hmm. the you know, the team. So I I did exactly what you said, Tim. I I watched it myself and developed a pattern and I got documentation. So then I was speaking to it from my own mm-hmm. personal experience mm-hmm. and I didn't have to say, you know, well, your coworkers. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's always good to bring it forward to their manager's attention. Um, whoever that person would report to, that way at least then, you know, they may say, yes, there are circumstances, you know, that we don't need to go into detail about, but they are allowed to have an extended lunch hour or what have you. Right. Or from there, like you mentioned, Tim and Lynn, um, documenting it, you know, but that way at least the manager is in the loop. Now they can keep an eye on it, um, you know, see what's been happening and then follow up for, from that point. But I think, yeah, you know, maybe sometimes the first time, okay, a little leeway, but then after that, if it becomes habitual. Right. Because the, the other thing too is I never want like a new person to, you know, if there is like some special, you know, what agreement made, it is like good to let the the team know mm-hmm. otherwise you know cuz now in in this example you know all the co- the t- the rest of the team were like what's with this new girl you know <laughs> and you you don't want it to change the work dynamics of them working on projects or whatever all because it's like geez you get to take a hour and a half lunch right. and we get 30 minutes so yeah yeah, yeah i think it'd be yeah. a tricky spot to be in one way or the other, whether you're the one maybe accidentally doing it or or the person that sees it. All right. Well, one potential issue in the workplace, and we'll uh, switch gears only a little bit as it could be another (laughs) issue talking about with employees. You're sharing workspaces. You're sharing bathrooms. Um, Ashley, you wanted to talk about something that relates (laughs) to that idea. I I did. Um, So an interesting topic came up with my friends and I as we were chatting together. And, um, you know, one of which is just what do you do when um, you come across situations at work such as, you know, maybe um, the kitchen isn't as clean as you would expect it to be. Um, Or maybe you see somebody walk out of the bathroom who hasn't washed their hands. Now, I have never seen it myself. Um, However, there were some of my friends of mine who have. And so, you know, it's one of those situations where you don't want, you know, it's hard to acknowledge them face to face. So how how do you go about doing that? You know, especially if it's a cleanliness type of thing. I know we always talk about, you know, flu season and things to prepare for that and washing your hands. But how would you address kind of a, a, a tougher thing? And, and it's hard to approach. So I haven't had to come across it. I haven't had to address it. So I just wanted to see if any of you have. That's funny. I had a laugh at this one because I don't know, Jacqueline, you might remember. I think I talked about this a couple a couple quads <laughs> ago. But my situation was... I I heard that someone didn't wash their hands. I just oh. didn't know who it was. And I wasn't going to yell. Hey, yes. <laughs> you yeah. forgot to wash your hands. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just feel like it's one of those things where maybe you go up to them later on and, and say something. Or maybe it depends on how close of a relationship you have with somebody. And um, But, yeah, it's just for me, it's just a weird, well, an I awkward mean, situation. I feel like... Yeah, I don't know if I would be comfortable with calling someone out on not washing their hands. I I mean, unless it's my husband or <laughs> one of right. my family members. Yeah. I just can't see myself calling someone out on that. I can see myself calling someone out on being messy in in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I, I've done it before. 
You know, like if someone oh. has cooked, you know, something in the microwave and there's mm-hmm. like soup on it, I'd say, hey, I think some of your soup is still in here. You might want to wipe this down <laughs> so other people can use it. I mean, that's just common courtesy. Right. Um, but so, not everybody thinks of it that way. Well, because they're expecting someone to clean up after Correct. them. And, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, maybe it becomes, I know it's, it's, we've done that here. We've seen emails come through like about keeping your <laughs> space clean or the kitchen clean. And even if it was a hand washing or hygiene thing, maybe you sort of don't call anybody out specifically. Even if, say, I saw that person, I'm not going to call them out because it might embarrass them. It might give that person a bad impression. I mean, look, whatever, it happened. Yeah. But maybe you you just casually bring it up to a manager who can bring it up to somebody who will send out that email like, <laughs> you know, it's flu season. You know, always put right. one of that guys <laughs> of, it's flu season. We want to make sure we're everyone's staying healthy. So make sure we're, you know, being as hygienic as possible. Because I think, to Jacqueline's point, as much as it might be embarrassing to for somebody if they, you know, were to lunch too long, if you're talking about something with cleanliness or hygiene, that's, oh, that's such yeah. a personal thing mm-hmm. that, yeah, I, I'd want to stay away from that literally and figuratively. <laughs> but I think if you can go about it. My concern, it, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you can go about it in a sort of roundabout way, I think I think it's okay as long as it's it's, you know, not focusing on that one person. I mean, it is understandable why, like in restaurants, you see mm-hmm. the signs posted yes. for employees to wash their hands, you know, because you, you kind of chuckle when you see the sign. But then, you know, in situations like, you know, you bring up Ashley, it's like, oh, we well, should have that sign in our own bathroom. You can get hepatitis A from that. Hepatitis A is like number two. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, we have a lot of potluck here. So if mm. someone... Bathrooms are in close proximity to the kitchen, and someone goes to the restroom and then goes and gets some taco dip. I mean, everyone oh, in the office right. got hep, you know, has hep A. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely now we well, need, I think we Ashley need to send out like a Actually, Ashley's really enjoying this conversation. It looks like. You brought it up, actually. <laughs> I know. Just in case I need to approach it at any time, it's good to know how. Yeah. Well, and again, too, it's like even if you are in the bathroom, say, for example, just to give our coworkers the benefit of a doubt, maybe they were in a bath in the bathroom texting or something, you know. <laughs> just go through the motions and wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> just to put everyone at ease. <laughs> right. And it can hurt. Extra hand washing cannot hurt. <laughs> uh, well, you know, a lot of it comes down to personal responsibility, of course. Um, you know, uh, Ashley, uh, of course, if you see something like that, you want to address it somehow. Um, but maybe, maybe not directly for, for <laughs> a couple of reasons you don't want to address you. it. Thank uh, so, you. Although, Tim, it sounds like this is only a women's issue. Yeah, I don't. You I guess I don't really pay attention, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I just, I guess I'm too trusting that people are just going to do what they're supposed to do, but, even though I know it's not true. I know. Um, so, I mean, we talked about a couple of things that happened possibly in the workplace. Maybe it could lead to some issues and even possible termination. I don't know about the hygiene thing, but uh, the, the work. You issue. don't wash your hands, you get terminated. <laughs> well, if, you, if you're in a if you're in a food you know place of food service, oh, yeah, that's that, true. that could be accurate. Yeah. So, um, so along those lines, though, Jacqueline brought up or wants to bring up an idea of um, maybe some of the after effects, yeah. of a termination. Yeah. So I just wanted to get your thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on. If, let's say, there's an employee that's terminated, uh, you know, obviously that means that they were let go involuntarily. And what are the rules, if there are any, on on to communicate with them? And the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, sometimes you build rapport with that person, maybe on a personal level. You might go to lunch with them. You might have personal conversations with them. And then um, 
so there's there's the aspect of there's a friendship there, okay? There's also the aspect of maybe you don't have that rapport with them. Maybe they're not friends with you. You guys don't hang out on the weekends or anything like that. But there's some business that they um, follow up with you on or you end up following up with them on or just somehow there's there's that communication there. What are the ideas of the communication? How do you go about it uh, just to kind of keep the lines clean? Oh, that's an interesting one. I actually, um, so for our listeners, we always get the topics ahead of time, and I misinterpreted your topic. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that's fine. (laughs) So I'll let someone else go first. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's a really good point to bring up because it can be very, um, very touchy sometimes depending on, you know, your role at the organization and that person's role at the organization when and if they have been terminated. And, um, you know, I think friendship is something that you, you know, typically do gain from your coworkers and your colleagues. And, um, you know, I think it's it's okay to have a friendship, but maybe putting in guidelines, you know, we can't talk about work, you know, issues or anything like that in order to maintain that friendship, but then also make sure that there isn't any conflicting views or comments um, that do come up. And, on, you know, if it's non-work related and you didn't really have that relationship, then I think you definitely want to um, just take a step back and see if it is a, a relationship that you want to continue with. And, you know, like you said, if it's coming from a business perspective, if they reach out to you, is it is it beneficial for you to be following up with them still um, to help enhance your career, further your career? I guess just kind of taking a step back to see, is it going to benefit me or hurt me? in the long run to continue that communication. Why would it possibly hurt you, you think? Um, I think, you know, a lot of times maybe recommendations or references for a new position I think would be an area that might come up where, you know, you don't want to hurt the relationship with them by giving a bad reference or recommendation. Um, So by kind of staying out of it. I mean, I'm such a social butterfly that this (laughs) affects me a lot. All the friends that I have. it's actually the exact opposite. I have no friends. So it doesn't apply to me necessarily with that. But it's come up It's come up in situations where, um, you know, and I think for me the hard part is if you're working with that person and you have some business sort of to take care of or to clean up or to figure out, okay, you know, I, I'm sure you don't want to talk to me right now. Not that I had anything to do with you being let go or anything, but um, maybe I need information or I'm trying to, to complete a task or whatever. Um, that's where it's it's tough for me because the instinct is just, hey, we, we got to take care of it. It's not a big deal. Strictly business from that side of it. Um, but I know it's it's been mentioned that there can be issues with um, if there are any legalities that fall into play and communication. Um, you know, it, it's it's very... It's very tricky. You don't want to, as Ashley brought up, you don't want to affect, if you had a relationship with that person, you don't want to affect that personally. You don't want to hurt yourself professionally. You know, It may sound selfish, but it's a reality um, because they're in a tough spot now because they're gone. You're in a tough spot because, I mean, you by no means want to talk talk badly about your organization. I mean, look, stuff happens. People aren't a fit. You know, jobs come and go. It happens. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have any, like, specific experience especially somebody I'd developed a, a close relationship with. But I, I would say it's, you know, if you're on work time, stay away from each other as, as much as possible. If you're in your personal time, look, it's, it's that's your time. Just, you know, be smart with what you're saying or doing or putting out there on social media because yeah, your job gonna, still matters yeah. at that point. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned social media because that was the one thing. I So um, to back up, 
I don't have experience with this one either, direct. Mm-hmm. But my um, fear would be the social media thing. So I think it's fine um, for you to maintain friendships, but you definitely don't want to associate with a friend who may be bad mouthing their former employer. Mm-hmm which is your current employer, <laughs> um, on social media because, you know, things get out. So you definitely, and there's a perception too. So you don't ever want it to like get back to your employer that, you know, oh, there's a bunch of negative stuff on social media and you're hanging out with this person. Right. So right. do you think the same mm-hmm. way too? Or, you know, it's unfortunate um, that the, you know, situations can present themselves, but yeah, it is just something that you kind of have to watch for. What about if someone's terminated and they follow up on like an assignment or something? What's your take on that? I mean, how do you handle that? Um, now, that's an interesting one. Um, so, I mean, I give the person credit for um, it sounds like they're trying to put get some closure on some of their outstanding items. So, I mean, I give the I give the person credit on that. Um, I would say that they may not necessarily need a complete update on things. Maybe just, okay, thanks for the head up, heads up. Um, it's in our, our court now, and we'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Does that seem Yeah, fair? Yeah. Business-like, to the point, <clears throat> not ignoring them because that would be rude. But, right, right. But not yeah. getting in any muddy waters as far as. And not, I mean, yeah. do you ask questions back or do you just thank you and we'll handle it from here I would think if you had questions, I I think um, you'd have to be like be ready to for the back. And I'm forth. learning, Tim. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> um, you'd have to be ready for the back and forth. I think yeah. I wouldn't. You know, if they reached out to you and then you had a conversation, I wouldn't then like call them back like two hours later and say, "Oh, I forgot this." Yeah. You know, I think you kind of have to be ready for that. But I, in that case, I, I mean, I do give the person credit for right. for following up. Yeah. No, this is good. I'm learning in my role, and I just, you know, things come up, and you hear things, you read things, you see things, and you just, mm-hmm. you don't really know That's how a good to one. always respond, and mm-hmm. you just have to be ready. So. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, it's one of those spots that, you know, again, none of us really have necessarily experience. great experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. But, I mean, it's Thank probably goodness. a good thing overall. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right, so moving forward then, one employee fired means you have to bring in new talent, of course. Uh, what? That's a segue. It That's was a good segue. Not, not the not the vehicle you ride around in. That's a different segue. Um, so that that's what got me to thinking and, and some personal experiences, not with myself, but actually a family member. My wife was recently hired for a new position, and she's going Woo, through training. Congrats, Amber. Yeah, good job. Um, <laughs> So she's going through training and, you know, she's talked with me uh, you know, about what's going on. And, um, of course, I've had the, the luxury to speak with a lot of people who have been in those situations, both internally and also some of the experts we talk with on LJN Radio. Um, and the question that comes up is, who is the best person to train? On the one hand, you think, oh, it's got to be the most experienced. They know all this stuff. But the problem that, uh, that, that comes about there is maybe they just they know it too well where they're almost on autopilot. Like they don't. They can't break it down, you know. The sometimes the the people who know it best can't break it down and dumb it down, so to speak. Um, but at the same time, you can't have an absolutely, you know, fresh person just because it's in their mind go out there and train. So, I mean, is there a sweet spot? Does have you guys had experience? Does it matter at all? I mean, where's sort of that that give and take with who's who's doing the training? Yeah, this one was a good one. My first reaction was you have to have someone who's patient. Mm-hmm. 
and someone who's interested in it and compassionate mm-hmm. about it. Um, I think some people, um, they tend to, they like to be mentors and they're willing to, it usually um, takes extra time for the person who's doing the training. So it's good for them to kind of, you know, embrace it mm-hmm. and uh, be interested in it. But then they also has to have to have the patience because a lot of times people will have questions, you know, outside of the allotted training time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they have to be that go-to person. So, but um Ashley, you're, this is your realm <laughs> yeah, training. I was just going to say, I mean, I think patience is a huge piece of it. And I tend to go with the that you need the person that um, is the most experienced because, you know, one of the most challenging things for me is if somebody asks me a question and I don't know it. And, you know, you always want to make sure that you have the experience to know the majority of the answers because as a new hire, you know, you're learning so many things and to not be able to get your questions answered right away is going to be extremely difficult for you to continue to progress and, you know, um, in that role Mm. and, you know, make sure that you're getting your answers uh, or your questions answered. So uh, to me personally, I think it's always the best person is always going to be the person that has that experience, but you have to have that passion because you're right. You want to make sure that you're not, you know, just kind of in that role going through it. If you have the passion, you're going to be excited about it. You're going to be talking about everything you possibly can about it. Um, But the other thing of it is too, is you want to change. Personally, I think, you know, just changing the trainers a a few times. Um, that way everybody kind of gets a role in what's being trained and um, can speak to it as well. Mm-hmm. I think that always helps keep things fresh and, you know, people excited about it. Um, so you might get some newer people in there, but yet they still need to have the knowledge behind it. I actually have a different perspective. I One thing that one of the most important things is the person needs time. So whoever you're picking to train needs time on their hands, uh, on their side. But I also think that it's okay to pick someone newer. And the reason behind that philosophy is that that person who's training, even though they're newer, let's say they're three, six months, nine months into the job, um, once they start teaching that next person, things start to stick quicker for them Hmm. because then they start to recall, okay, This is what I had trouble with. So they actually can explain it a little bit differently. Kind of getting to your point a little bit earlier, you might miss some things because you're the expert. Mm -hmm. So you have a little bit of a more trickier time putting it in lay terms. That other person who's newer is like, I struggled with this. I want to highlight on this. Or um, they might be asking you a bunch of questions for the first three, six months that they're there. And then once they start training someone else, then they're starting to think the way that they should be, which is remembering and recalling and doing it that way. So I actually like having a newer person do it because it gets them to think more proactively. It gets them to recall things rather than constantly having me as their crutch to follow up with. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, they need the time to do it. But I also think that the person can't be like two months into the company and start training. I mean, they've got to have done whatever it is that they're training on for quite some time on their own or with assistance for a good few months before they can actually leverage their skills on someone else. So I actually prefer to be someone who's a little bit newer. I think with a newer person, I think the only caution there is you've got to have someone who is comfortable enough to know when they don't know the answer Yep, and will say, I don't know that answer. I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Mm. Um, Because then 
if a person is trying to make up answers mm-hmm. so that they look like the expert to the yeah. new person, then what happens over the course of time, processes that you thought were in place <laughs> have evolved into, yeah. into just something different. Right. Not, it, yeah. It, one, so, it goes exponentially then because now one person had it wrong, right. now two, then four, right. then eight, you know. Yeah. It's a game of telephone. I think you just have to, you know, and I think it's okay to say, I don't know. Yes. Let me get back to you. I have that question today. We have this new time card that we're using. And someone, one of my team members had asked me a question about something. And I said, I don't know the answer to that question, but I suspect it's going to be this. So let's do that for now. I'll follow up and then get back to you. But I think people respect you more when you say, I don't know the answer to that question, but let me follow up. Yeah, I think so. There's that caveat of, I will find that answer for you. All right. Perfect. Well, we uh, we covered a lot of bases today. Really well rounded. <laughs> Did we hit a say. home well run? Well rounded. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Getting close to baseball season, Lynn. Oh yeah. But that will close out this edition of the LGN Radio Quad. So just to recap, be honest and do your job. Keep yourself in the office clean. Then you won't have to be avoided by your former co- coworkers once you're fired. <laughs> and then possibly when you get trained, it's the wrong person training you and you're fired again. So hopefully you got all that. <laughs> But as always, we do want to hear from you, the listeners. If you have any ideas for future topics for any of our podcasts, just shoot us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com and you can share your thoughts. For Lynn Molitor, Jacqueline Peterson, and Ashley Fitzgerald, I'm Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.